Oh. Get away again! Toby Flood. Don't George. sing! Oh my God! Get up, boy! Get up, boy! He must have a foot like a traction engine! Unbelievable, Jeff. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Crash Ball Diaries. Uh, with me, your host, Johnny Bisbee. In this week's pod, we'll be talking a bit more about current affairs after recent emails this week. Um, I'm joined with my usual panel of uh, my colleague in Switzerland, Robert Edwards. Uh, Robert, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks, Johnny. How are you? Yeah, yeah good to bump into you at the England-Ireland game. I saw you having a few beers there. Um, do you enjoy yourself? Uh, yeah, I did. It was an intriguing clash of two Titanic uh, teams. Uh, one who did turn up on the other day, uh, and Johnny Sexton, who <laughs> didn't turn up. You got any interesting stories? He often um... doesn't. <laughs> uh, around the interesting stories, uh, we found a few good watering holes. Uh, we met a former England international loose head. It was a good bloke. It was, yeah. It was a good bloke uh, having a few beers with him, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was one, interesting. One cat wonder. Have you done anything else recently that's been uh, it's been fun? Yeah, I actually actually lost one of my insoles last uh, Friday night after one or two too many loggers, uh, as people assume. So I, I believe it is actually in my house because my socks weren't dirty. And I actually lost the shoe as well. So... <laughs> That was an eventful Friday night. Jeez, sounds... If anyone's seen that, seen that out and about, uh, give us a call. Uh, exhilarating as usual, Robert. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's great to have you back on the pod, and uh, obviously great to have you not 20 minutes late, as uh, as you usually are. So thank you very much. I'd like to introduce our, our other fellow guest to help us tackle with some of the current affairs stories. It's uh, a great privilege to, to introduce to you a senior robotics research analyst, and he also plays Lucid Prop for Finsbury Park Rugby Football Club. Uh, Mr. Ryan Witten joins us this evening. Ryan, great to have you on. I know you're a big fan. Yes, good evening, John. Uh, good evening, Rob. Um, truly an honour to be invited onto this uh, esteemed rugby influencers uh, roundtable. Uh, I'm a big fan, so it's a real privilege to be here. <laughs> and uh, what, what have you got, got coming up, Witten? Um... Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm off travelling soon. I'm uh, well, uh, barring a, uh, an escalation in COVID-19, uh, I'm off to uh, Atlanta for a business trip, uh, which will uh, take me up from Saturday uh, to Thursday evening. Uh, I'm off to see some uh, industrial manufacturers, some supply chain vendors, some robotics companies, uh, and hopefully see a bit of uh, Atlanta on the way. So yeah, should be a bit exciting. And that sounds exhilarating. You know, you do sound like you enjoy a beer in your spare time as well. Um... Uh, not a nerd or anything. At all. Well, the two, the two aren't mutually exclusive, John. You know, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do enjoy a good lager, uh, as evidenced by our ex- mutual experiences in Riga. Uh, you know, lots of uh, tales, lots of uh, sad times as well. But uh, yeah, sh- Atlanta should be good fun. Um, yeah, lots to do there. Robert, I know you're you and Witten go um, a long way back. Must be good to have a, a fellow a friend on on the podcast, and obviously a big fan of CBD himself. Yeah, it's great. I have a lot of admiration for Ryan and his success <laughs> story. Uh, even I think it was suspected at one point that he wouldn't uh, it wouldn't have made a success, but yes, <laughs> and now given we once convinced him that his uh, laptop had been found in a skip in Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There's a load of uh, interesting content on said laptop. <laughs> uh, so, so I think uh, I think we're all surprised with how it's turned out for Ryan. All, all, all slander and fake news, pure character assassination. But yeah, no, the feeling is very mutual. Um, me and Rob are actually co-champions of the uh, inaugural uh, tag team uh, drinking tournament uh, on the Otley Run at Sheffield Engineers Rugby Club. So yeah, go back a long way, we do. Well, it's great to have two old and close friends uh, on the podcast uh, this evening. Now, Ryan, one of the um, one of the topics you did mention uh, just now, the coronavirus, COVID-19 virus, which has taken the world by storm, unfortunately. It's a uh, you know, scary times, really, for the, um, you know, in the world with governments, you know, in implementing key battle strategies. You know, we've got a few, a few emails in this week, one from an Alex Perwa, who's currently in Australia. He's concerned about the travel arrangements to get him uh, home. Uh, Tom Adamson um, is concerned as to whether he'll be able to get to work. Public transport stops. Nerd. What are your thoughts on coronavirus? Uh, are you concerned at all by uh, the developments? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm keeping track of it because obviously it could potentially affect my travel. But uh, there's a good website called Worldometer, which uh, has all the uh, new cases and death statistics. And to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure what the fuss is about. I mean, it's, you know, about 3000 deaths at the moment. You know, it, it's probably going to go around the world. Um, but, you know, our supply chains are overstretched as it is. You know, maybe this is the wake up call we needed. Uh, I'm, I'm not really like being too well informed on the situation uh do seem to have like uh it's weird like we're being told how to wash our hands and everything which seems rather uh interesting i don't know whether that's an indictment on the personal hygiene in switzerland but it's intriguing like what how like i swear all the people that are getting really badly ill off this and possibly leading to fatal cases are all quite ill already or Mm. Is it is largely the elderly as well? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like eighty plus. There's like a fourteen percent chance you you perish, uh, and then after that, most people uh, most people recover. It's like of the hundred thousand or so that've been infected, about fifty thousand have um, recovered um, and have been discharged. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be you know a bit rocky. Um, could cause a a minor panic. Um, there'll obviously be a downturn, but you know, I, th- I think a lot of this is just uh, market manipulation. Talking about market ma- <clears throat> manipulation, it's not been a good time, obviously, for Corona beers. Um, at the end of January, uh, some reputable news outlets, including uh, the Lad Bible and the Sun, uh, had reported that uh, Corona had actually lost hundreds of millions of pounds in terms of sales because of uh, the virus. I mean, Corona themselves have come out and said that this isn't true. And to be fair, you know, obviously probably getting a lot more publicity as a result. It's obviously not what they wanted. But um, but yeah, what, what do you think of Corona? Would you still drink it? I mean, I'm not a particularly big fan of Corona anyway. I mean, I just never understood the appeal of, of Mexican beer. I mean, maybe, you know, on the coast in, you know, Cancun or somewhere. But no, if it's not if it's not Blue Moons, White Russians or B-52s, then, you know, I'm not interested. Um, I, I, I saw they had the development. I actually had a first pint of Corona on draft the other day. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they've started putting Corona on draft. So I was always uh, knew that it was like you put the lime in the coconut and shake it all up. But uh, <laughs> now... I, 
I had a pint on draft, which was intriguing. And uh, how did it go? Because I'm I'm not really not really a fan of um, having a lager, you know, sit down beer, um, more of an ale or a, or a Guinness drink. How, how did you? Draft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm talking, you know, to enjoy because standard lager to be honest. Like, mm. It was uh, it's an intriguing uh lager, but wasn't uh I'd still Would... say I prefer things like Estrella. Mm. Uh, mm. Carlsberg, Foster's. <laughs> I quite like the uh the lagers from the Far East, like a uh, Zing Tao or Kingfisher. Yeah. Like they're they're, they're not a bad shout. Do you like finger whip? Yeah, no, it's all right. Asahi's a good one as well. Uh, goes well with a takeaway. A cobra. Yeah, lethal. Brian Witten, the cobra. <laughs> Carl Frotch, the cobra. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, Yatesy wasn't the cobra, was he? He's the shadow. Who was that? Dorian Yates, a.k.a. the shadow. What do you call them sort of names? A nickname. Or... or... <laughs> Or an alias. A stage name. <laughs> if you had a stage name or a nickname, um, what would you refer to yourself? Robert the Fridge uh, Edwards. Uh, maybe Robert the Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken Owens already got that one. The Machine. The Machinist. Yeah. yeah. Masochist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, 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 would you, what would you be, uh, Bisbee? I don't know. The... Um... Johnny the the Bolt Bisbee. The Bolt. The Tiger. Turnstile. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, make a, a reference to my tackling technique during my younger years. Uh, getting back to topic of coronavirus, I know we were we were talking um, a bit about that. Let's let's try and bring it from a sporting angle. We know that Italy Island's been cancelled this weekend in the Six Nations, and Maca Vunipola um, has self isolate himself. Must have traveled back that's, from, from. That's a strange Tonga. one because he's supposed to be playing for Saracens. I was reading that Saracens have said they'll select him this weekend. Even, yeah, so so England. So it doesn't sound like he's self-isolated. He's also just po- posted an intriguing, uh, or like a bit of trolling, a bit of banter, where on his Instagram, where it's him with a or on, with a mask on, whilst warming up for England. Uh, so I, yeah, Saracen said that they were going to play um, play him this weekend, but England don't want to. So it's whether he's being dropped or what. It's like a weird, uh, weird scenario. And obviously, you'd expect in these sort of circumstances to be, you know, a lot of discussions between club, the person, and um, the country, with you know an outbreak like this. So yeah, I mean, no, very little as opposed to you know whether he's playing for Saracens or not. Um, you imagine, you know, being a, a big Tongan lad, he's probably put on a, a good three or four pounds, you know, going back to Tonga. We don't know exactly what he's there for, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he's necessarily uh, match fit at this point. <laughs> Few too many of them Tongan burgers. Indeed. What do they actually eat in Tonga? Pig. Like swine. Yeah. Swine. <laughs> yeah, lots of pork. Have you have you ever been to Tonga, Ryan? No, no, but it's um uh, the you know I know from uh, RE um, that when British missionaries went over Ari, to Poly- what school did you go to? <laughs> Teaching about Tongan cuisine? <laughs> no, 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 it, it was uh no, it, it was circumstantial, but uh you know he um 
basically when British missionaries went to Polynesia, um, they kept uh, referring to, you know, flocks and sheep, you know, being, you know, Bible verses. But that didn't really play in Tonga because all the livestock were pigs as opposed to sheep. So they uh, shifted uh, from uh, flock of sheep to flock of swine. So, yeah, it's it's a very heavy pork-based diet. Uh, purely circumstantial, wasn't on the curriculum or anything, but uh, yeah, it it goes to um, may, you know provide some answers as to why those lads are so big. Uh, it's a, it's a very heavy uh, protein and fat diet. Oh dear, thanks. Maybe a lot. We should put Talon off this uh, this October and go to Nuka <laughs> <laughs> or Kiribati. I mean, as long as it's not Riga, I'm I'm happy wherever. Um, yeah, that was a uh... Port Mosby. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Dear me, dear me. Well, thanks for that, Ryan. Um, we've now lost approximately three quarters of our uh, our listeners, and they've all fallen asleep. <laughs> getting back to getting back to the Six Nations. What are your thoughts on the possible delay of games like um, Island Italy and? <clears throat> You know, it's not been confirmed yet. England, 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 Italy is still going ahead, um, but surely um, something, something will come about of that. But in terms of uh, potential delay in the title, uh, deciding games may have to be decided in autumn when teams have could have a different setup, um, little momentum. Do you think it's, do you think that's fair? Or you know, I've seen reports that uh, games could go down as uh, purely nil-nil in if they are postponed. But uh, what do you think? Okay. I think they should be able to play in the mind closed doors. Like, at least, like, don't spoil my Super Saturday on telly. Like, I, I want to watch three games of Union, like, back-to-back, potentially with a domestic game if they're scheduled correctly. I mean, to be fair, with the Italians... We, we to, yeah, exactly. No one cares about Italy. Like, Italy-Ireland, just give it Ireland. Like, Italy, yeah. when was the last time Italy won a Six Nations game? I tell you what, we we watched a corker of a game, Italy Scotland the other week. What was it about? Seventeen nil. <laughs> yeah, it's crap. Like, I know. I tell you the thing that is coronavirus is what. Like, I tell you what, no one wants to go ahead. That Australian Grand Prix. Mm. They had the bushfires that we thought were steady on now, lads. Then we have now coronavirus. Like, they do not want that sporting event to go ahead. Mm. Like. Isn't that, is that not, it's not this Sunday, is it next Sunday or Sunday after? Well, surely in those sorts of some sport uh, takes a back seat, you know. You, the the uh, government has a responsibility over there to um, to look after um, its people. And if I mean, the Grand Prix poses a threat, I know, you know, the Australian Open, there was a lot of criticism about the heat yeah, and uh, air quality it, there. Play it behind closed doors. And, play it behind closed doors. In hazmats. All the, all the value of the sponsors have probably come from the like, LED boards and exposure on TV, not from tickets and everything. Hmm. Let mine close doors. Well, that's what they're doing in, that's what they announced in Italy with uh, Syria games yeah. this weekend. That's, pr- that's pretty much what they do in, um, at Murrayfield anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm probably not as um, bothered about getting my, my three games of rugby in on the Super Sunday. I mean, you know, Italy... Um, to be honest, I mean, I'm a big proponent of introducing uh, relegation to the Six Nations. I think that, you know, they don't really offer anything. So, you know, I, I'm not sure we're missing too much if they get postponed. And, you know, maybe both teams just take some points. I mean, you know, uh, can't say we're missing much necessarily. 
Do you think that's a realistic um, option for for Six Nations? Oh no, Georgia are above them in the world rankings, aren't they? Like, what would be a better away day, Tbilisi or Rome? Like, imagine smashing Tbilisi, the <laughs> fellows. You probably like you take the Friday afternoon off, get an early flight, like Luton. There must be a flight from Luton to Tbilisi. <laughs> Like you know, twelve deep by you twelve deep by six p.m. on the Friday. Four. Where where are their flights? If any of the listeners know, by the end of this podcast, we wanted to know where are their flights from the UK to Tbilisi. Okay then. Guess uh... why? Three-star hotel in Tbilisi averages at thirty francs a night. It's not bad. Dangerous. Which returns which returns at about twenty pounds. <laughs> British Sterling, thank you very much so, for that. Living um, the dream. Okay, living getting dream. getting back to the Six Nations, England Wales this weekend, uh, a big game, Scotland France as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts? A quick recap of England Ireland, just under a two weeks ago. Um, Rob, what were your highlights of that game? Uh, probably Sexton dropping that ball in his in goal area. And then George Ford, George Ford scoring from that. Was that right? Was, that, was it Fordy? Was that the other day this try? Uh, no, it was Ford because Farrell was the one that like. Checked, no, of course. Yeah, it was Farrell that chased him down, and then yeah. Ford at the finishing touches. Before booting the ball at point blank range into the disabled section of the crowd, and then pumping his fist <laughs> into the air, not a not great form from from Fordy in the aftermath. How was that guy after? They didn't. They didn't. not to show it on the big screen. And, um, probably the celebration had gone a bit too far from from Fordy. But um, have we got any other examples of, you know, controversial shithousery sporting celebrations that you you can remember like that? Do you remember uh, when it was like, was it Gaza? Where he's like uh, against Scotland. Like where he's like fiddling about. Yeah. No, it was like in front of. Um, it's in the. I think it's in the old firm. Playing the flute as a lo- which is like a loyalist symbol, right in front of the fans <laughs> of the Glasgow derby, which was taken which was taken as an insult to the Catholic sporting contingent <laughs> the Celtic fans. Yeah, that was a that was a rogue one. An interesting yeah. one. Yeah, there's been quite a few football ones. Do you remember Emmanuel Adebayor running the length of the pitch on his first game yeah. against, uh, back against yeah. Arsenal, getting all sorts thrown at him. Not a great look. Ryan, have you got any examples of shithousery uh, celebrations? Yeah, uh, uh, regarding like modern sport, you know, it's all a bit tame. Uh, I think you have to take it back to the original shithousery, um, which can be seen in the film Troy when Achilles kills Hector and then uh, wraps his uh, uh, corpse around uh, his chariot and then uh, drives the chariot round the walls of Troy um, so that uh, King Priam, uh, played by Peter O'Toole, uh, can see his son be uh, mutilated, uh, a sign of great disrespect in uh, ancient Greek times. So, yeah, I, th- I think that birthed all shithousery after. <laughs> I think when Adebayor or Paul Gascoigne, you know, uh, are doing their thing, them thinking, you know, I- I'm following an Achilles' footsteps here. Jesus Christ, a true and philosopher. There's some ladies in that film, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Diane Kruger. Yeah. I know, I like Perseus. <laughs> Uh, Wait, what, the, the she priestess. She's quite, she's quite uh, yeah, she's quite famous now. I think, or Briseis, was it Briseis? It was Briseis. She's like in, uh, she's in like 
uh, is it Bad Neighbors with Seth Rogen? <laughs> oh shit! <yeah>. Like, <laughs> like she's gone on to have a decent career. Like, I think what's her name? Uh, she's Australian, I think. Rose mm. Byrne. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. She's also played. She also played the mean lady in Bridesmaids. <laughs> I haven't seen Bridesmaids. Oh, um, talking, talking of mean lady. <laughs> Freaky <laughs> uh, Patel. I know she's had a she's had a bit of she's in a bit of trouble this week, isn't she? Uh, yeah. Allegations of bullying in uh, the Home Office, and it's spread to other departments now. Allegations of, of, of flooding in, really. What do you make of these allegations, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'd be very surprised if Pretty Patel is the first case of bad language and raucous behaviour being deployed at the Home Office. I mean, the the place is an absolute circus. Um, so you know, it's hardly, I think, groundbreaking news that the the Minister of State can be a little peevish with the civil servants. Um, I, you know, it, from from the sound of it, you know, the the uh, M, uh, the civil servant in question um, was fairly incompetent and caught up in the Windrush scandal. So I'm not sure anyone's too bothered about seeing the back of him. You know, Pretty Patel is a fairly uh, uh, poor uh, performer um, in you know Newsnight and there's sort of other places where she turns up. But um, I'd be very surprised if this is a fatal uh, blow to her. Um, I think it's all just uh, uh, handbags at dawn, really, between the civil service and the elected government. But I could be wrong. She's had a few blows in her time. Uh, <laughs> she certainly has. Are you carrying a bit of a torch for pretty, uh, Robert? Uh, there's something about her. She's quite, like, sinister, though. Like, that appeals to mm. some people. Yeah. Like, she always has that, like, snigger. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like there's, like, a smirk. And you're mm. Like, Jesus. Yeah. So like, like, you've, seen, you've seen things, or you're, like, going to do things. Mm. Like, there's quite a few MPs that have that, to be fair. Mm. Like, snigger. Yeah, evil, evil. Say again. Swin- Joe Swinson. I always thought she had that, where it's like, just dopey, like, evil. No, she didn't. I don't think... You can tell Pretty Patel sometimes when she's making an evil point that she, she means evil. Hmm? Oh. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Just, Just on that. Or are we gonna get? Are we gonna get, move on to the Labour leadership in a bit, or <laughs> that part? I'm intrigued to know Ryan's opinion on that. Yeah, oh, it's it's uh it's it, it, you know it's uh I guess um all aboard the the Kier Express to electoral oblivion in what 2024. So yeah, I mean you know we'll see what happens. I I, I mean yes, Rob. Oh my God! By the way, the new James Bond film has been put back by seven months. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> is, Jesus this, is this breaking Christ, news? Because of, cause of coronavirus. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, this is this is disgraceful. I, I don't oh, understand. my God. That was, yeah. that was meant to, yeah, it will now come to the UK on 12th of November. Oh, that was the plan for Dublin. It's all gone. <laughs> oh, that is an absolute calamity. Yeah, I'm not sure James Bond has uh, been up to snuff for the last few instalments. Uh, I think it's all been downhill since Casino Royale. Um, we, we, Bond and um, mean, mean females. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk in the last year or so about um, potentially casting Bond as um, a lady. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on this? 
Uh, well, I'm I'm tempted to take the the Redwoods route on Philip Schofield and uh, plead the fifth on this, but um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, just, just 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 excuse me for a second. I need to um, answer the door. Anyway, sorry, uh, Edwards. I'll um... take this one. I, I I think like I'm all for pro uh, female superheroes and uh, secret yeah. agents, but like I think it's a bit of an or indictment on that if it were to be a female James Bond. Yeah, because I think like it's a traditional thing. They should. Like it should be a good enough film as a, like a female secret agent film to not need to just take over a series. That makes yeah. sense. I think yeah. that's a nice way of putting it. Look what look what happened to Ghostbusters. Abs- absolute cratered in, in, at the box office. It, you know, uh, I, it, it, James Bond's an institution. I mean, it, there's obviously sort of a lot of push for it, but um, I'm not sure it's really being pushed by the fans as much as it is by yeah. sort of wider you know entertainment uh and uh the commentary so yeah hands off our james bond interesting yeah. what was the return on that's intriguing i wonder what the ghostbusters return to investment was in the second. probably uh well i, I don't think it, it made money um or yeah film's got to double they're it bringing, they're bringing out another ghostbusters this year i believe Yes, they've exchanged the the women uh, uh, back to sort of normal, well, boring men. So you know, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. The main protagonists are some young females, but they've also brought in the original cast. Yes, very... Bill Murray as Doctor Peter Venkman. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd as Doctor Raymond Brackets Ray Stan. Who was the third one? Is it is it Ernie Hudson? Oh, no. Winston Zeddemore. Yeah. yeah, no. The, the, the third one was Harold Ramis, who I think became a conspiracy theorist. Um, so I don't think he's making a reappearance. The new film is titled Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is that correct? Well, I'll leave uh, you on the same Wikipedia page I am, John. <laughs> give that a quick Google. Well, that comes out before Bond um, in the summer. So I can imagine. What a joke. Bond <laughs> comes out in November. What a complete joke. Do you think this is Dan- travesty? Do you think this is Daniel Craig's last appearance? Um, I thought I thought Spectre was, didn't you? Yeah, like, I, thought yeah I thought that was a ending. nice ending. I'm like the trailer has got me like the juices flowing because like <laughs> the trailer looked really good for the new one. And now like we've got to wait another seven months. Coronavirus is causing chaos, causing absolute chaos. Who would you like to see as the next James Bond, uh, Ryan? I'll come to you first. When when the time comes where Daniel hangs up his boots, who would you like to see replacing him? Oh, well, uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe a uh, maybe 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 an older gent. Maybe maybe it's an old James Bond, like uh, Gary Oldman. Like really old, like proper old, like uh, yeah, like a proper thespian actor. I think that could be interesting. Do you like his portrayal of George Smiley in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? You know, I like his I like his portrayal. The film bored the, the bored the shit out of me. I thought it was uh, really tedious. But um, uh, no, I know I think he's a good you actor. Like the John Le Carre, do you prefer the novel or the John Le Carre version? I find well, I find all of John Carrey a little tiresome, if I'm honest. I, I, I think he, I think you know Gary Oldman's performance as George Smiley, but in a James Bond setting, might be a bit more interesting. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess the favourites are like Idris Elba or Tom Hardy. You know, 
But uh, I don't know. I just don't think James Bond should have tattoos. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think, Biz? No, I quite. I think Daniel Craig's here is completely changed the um, the outlook of Bond into to a bit more of the ruthless assassin. Um, and I, I quite like that. I think Tom Hardy would make a, a great Bond, in my opinion. So would Idris Elba, Killian Murphy. Mm. Be very good. Damien Lewis still in there. Um, what's the guy from? Ginger. Edward Norton yeah. was it? Um, not Edward Norton, no. 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 Not a yank. Edward Norton. No. Edward Norton. Norton. <laughs> uh, J- was it James Norton? <laughs> Edward Norton <laughs> from Fight Club <laughs> and the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> and also in the Italian Job remake as oh, the bad guy. I'm sorry to say again, it's Miser. You think so? Now the England Italy game is behind closed doors. Mm. Yeah, just, I'm just... sure there's people there like plan their stag do and stuff to that game. That'll be one that's easy to get tickets to. That kind of thing. Now the game has been postponed or behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. Still go to Rome? No. Oh, I hope the game still goes ahead. Yeah, well, it's breaking news. Breaking news on Crushable Diaries. That's um, that's what we're here for. Anyway, talking about the Six Nations, we haven't talked about one of the announcements this week that uh, Six Nations could leave free-to-air television from 2022 uh, with Sky in a possible £300 million reported deal. And this has been marred by quite a bit of criticism. Uh, but do you think it's good or bad for a business? As Ryan, you termed it in the briefing earlier, footballization of rugby. Yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, sort of the the rationale for it is very similar to the you know the rationale to put Premier League matches behind a paywall, um, and you you imagine it will probably fund the game, probably allow for you know greater development, allow for sort of you know uh, more money to uh, uh, flood in to the to the market, but. I know it, it, it does rugby really want to go down the same route of commercialization as football I mean there are lots of you know I'm thinking specifically here about Wales uh, you know communities that sort of you know watch a lot of rugby union and where the Six Nations you know has a lot of clout and these aren't exactly you know rich households that will be owning you know sky box sets so yeah I, I think troubling you know, you see it not you know not just in the paywall, but also in sort of the the back chat to the ref. The uh, the game is uh, very much changing, and uh, I think that uh, that unique ethos of rugby is is probably not going to be around with us too much longer. It's a, it's a strange one. I feel like uh, a lot of it's, it's this involvement of CBC who actually don't own the entirety of any property that they're involved in. Like they don't own the entirety of the Gallagher Premiership, then cause a furore about, oh, I think we've previously mentioned this around the salary cap. Um, Not this so again. Now, with the, Six Na- with the Six Nations, like it's a weird thing, because how do you get kids interested in union? Like, mm. without, without that, I, I always thought the Six Nations was on the list, but the government must have changed that, because I was reading the list the other day, and there's not much actually on the list of that has to remain on uh, free-to-air. So, for example, 
the Olympics goes behind a paywall. Yeah, so the Olympics is still on there, and the World Cup and Euros, I think. But even the like the Euros, it might even just be the final. Mm. The same with, uh, and then there's stuff like uh, yeah, Wimbledon. I'm amazed at this Wimbledon. It only needs to be the finals now, on free. Wow. And then uh, there's still stuff like the Derby and like the Gold Cup. Like who cares? Like literally, who cares? Like and even then. Even then, with a paywall, like we talk about this paywall, there's a paywall to get on free to wear with the TV license. Mm. So the way people are consuming content is going to change and change. Like if if people it goes to the Six Nations, probably illegal streaming goes up. Mm, exactly. A lot of people can't afford. Uh... De- yeah, cease and desist go up. Blocking orders then go up around the, uh, the streamers. <laughs> Corruption around the game probably increases. There's a lot of things that probably come in. Right, I know you work in robotics, um, so probably have a, a bit of a hand in the digital. Uh, this is a, probably a concern for um, you know, cyber hackers becoming more 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 available as if people want to stream stuff like uh, the Six Nations. I, mean, I don't work in cyber security, mate. Uh, why, why are you asking me about work anyway? No, no, it's uh, no, it's um, I, I, I have no idea how you know that market's going to change. <laughs> you, you assume you assume piracy is going to increase, but you know with a paywall. But that's really the breadth of my knowledge on that subject. I, 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 I feel that as an institution, you know, the BBC probably isn't endearing itself to the British public, and that's the way it should. But uh, mm. you know, between it and ITV, I think you know the Six Nations has been you know a formative part of all our of all our rugby lives, and um. I think it'll be sad to see it go in 2021, but it looks like it's going to happen. It seems inexorable. Tell you what, this has got all the old marks of an absolute classic. I wish he'd fuck off. Bit of Lionel Richie half time would be nice, wouldn't it? Okay, moving on to. Our final feature of the day. Um, just before we'd like to, uh, just before we start this, we'd like to send our congratulations to Tyson Fury on his his victory in Las Vegas against Deontay Wilder, um, win by knockout just under two weeks ago. Superb a rematch is already in place for the 18th of July, and guess who's in Las Vegas on that very day? It is me. How much reckon tickets uh, for this? Well, as you know, if Tyson, if you're if you if you're listening, happy to do a deal publicising the the fights on the Crashable Diaries. If you can uh, help me source some tickets, that'll be super. Um, hope you're listening. Getting back to the feature, then it is of course your big bomb dosser of the week. Um, Roberts, I know this is your speciality. So who have you got lined up for this week? Well, I know. The Labour leadership contest is still ongoing, so we'll probably give that one a miss. With her Richard Burden, the deputy leader. Um, I think I think Wilder's it's tough to go look past Deontay. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, no, I'll, I'll go past Deontay. I'll go uh, Michael Bloomberg in the US <laughs> yes. presidential election. So Michael Bloomberg had spent three hundred thirteen million of his own. So no, seven hundred million for yeah. absolutely no reason, like. But like, he'll, absolutely. Uh, what has he? What has he got out of that? Like, is he not now? No, 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 no. He's got lots. He's got lots of data. 
Yeah, yeah. you'll use that. He's going to go home and play with a Steve. It's like, I'll tell you as well. It's a bit redundant, though, when he, you know, owns, what, about 50 billion? Like, yeah, it, 700 million is, you know, not not a huge amount. But, like, still with him, like, all the chat that, like, she was giving, big chat that Elizabeth Warren as well. Oh, yeah. She's got absolutely smoked. Like, absolutely smoked. It's like that great night. Uh, it's, it's the date. Oh, what was the date again? It's like that terrific night in December when Jeremy Corbyn got shown up to be a complete dosser. <laughs> uh, him and him and Swinton, the twelfth of December, twenty nineteen. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it was Swinton. It's like Bloomberg and Bloomberg and Warren, Corbyn and Swinton. <laughs> Are all our listeners in? I hope four bigger dollars. I hope all our listeners are in Bolsover. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like I just like to um, just like, like to remind the contestants that this is this isn't a political podcast. I think Rob's made it one. <laughs> like, <laughs> the views of our panel don't represent the uh, the political opinions of the Crash Ball Diaries. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Um... I mean, I'll. Say, I mean, I'll talk about John T. Wilder. I mean, you know, what what a Wally. I, I when you know, regardless of the weight, and I think the costume was about forty pounds, so you know, about you know, less than twenty kg. It, regardless of the weight, it looked ridiculous. It looks like it looked like he was preparing for like live role playing, like Dungeons and Dragons. It, you know, <laughs> can you can you imagine like Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? Ronking up in in that, they they they, have, they get the pish taken out of them. Like, what what's uh what is it with this? I I think he you know he and he got absolutely you know seen through and smashed. His legs, he has been skipping leg day massively. He made he actually made comments on another podcast some of our listeners might have heard of. Uh, it's by this guy called Joe Rogan. Uh, it's I think it's the lowest on Apple podcast top sports uh, podcast. <laughs> but uh, on Joe Rogan in back in December 2018, he actually mentioned that he used to he trained with 45 uh, pounds on his back, the exact same number he walked to the ring with. So to then come out with that excuse, I'd say I don't think he rivals Bloomberg, but he's up there. <laughs> Yeah, and some of his fans have been theorising that Fury basically loosened his gloves so that he could uh, get more force, you know, for his fists and you know basically knock him out easier. I, you know, talk about being a sore loser. Yeah, I mean, what a dosser. A dosser indeed. So we're giving dosser of the week to Bloomberg. I mean, you got to you got to throw Tom Starr in there as well, the other billionaire. Um, you know, uh, I think you know at least Bloomberg got got some got some traction. Like he got over a million votes, whereas this Tom Starr did you know naff all. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be Biden Bernie. What a you know what what a showdown that will be. Yeah, Joe Biden looks, looks favourite now to to take the nomination. How many did he take today? Was it eight primaries? Yeah, Super Tuesday. So, uh, combined age of 155. Something wrong with American politics, isn't there? Oh, I've just been enjoying um, Joe Biden's uh, various gaffes uh, on on the various like debates. Uh, like, I think he said once that since 2007, 150 million people have been killed through gun violence, um, which represents about half the American population. 
he also said that he chose truth over facts. Uh, so yeah, I, th I think it's only going to get more entertaining as we go from here. I think watching Biden versus you know Trump, those two have uh, actually threatened to beat each other up uh, on like various occasions. I think we'd all love to see that at the debates, just see a little fracar ensue. They, they probably both die, given they're you know they're both well into their seventies. But uh, no, I, I think it's uh, only going to get more entertaining from here. Well, thanks. Uh... I think we'd win. Mm. I, I I think the Donald might have a right hook uh, in him that that, that might uh, that might floor Joe. I'm not sure. His BMI must be those <laughs> No, I think Biden looks looks in not too bad shape for his age. Um, he might have the yeah, the stamina. I mean, Donald. Donald must have him. <laughs> <laughs> I think his I think his cuisine is fairly high in saturated fats. Yeah, like, <laughs> might, I think I think they call them gravy dinners. With like grits and meatloaf and all that, he goes for a fair few yeah. David. He goes for a fair few David Coulthards, um, Rob. Or maybe just a Coulthard. Yeah. Did you see? Um, <laughs> did you see, did you see uh, Donald, who Donald Trump insulted today? Uh, it was, who, 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 who didn't he insult today? Who, who was it? Uh... It was former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of his most loyal uh, compadres. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, having a go at That's him. That's a good name. Jeff, Jeff Sessions. <laughs> Looking forward to a Jeff Sessions on a, on Friday. Roslyn Park v. Richmond. Anyway, yes, um, look forward to seeing you both. That's if it's called off for coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unless it's called off for coronavirus. Oh, Thank you very much to Rob and Ryan for coming on this week's pod. Maybe both enjoyed it. You too. It's been um, good, good, good debate and chat. Yeah, I think this has been better than the previous uh, one. Um, I just, I, like, we didn't actually get that far around talking about um, what was it? Uh, the Labour leadership contest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll save it for another time. No, I've, I've enjoyed it very much. Um, there has been zero structure. This is completely off script. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been a laugh riot, um, and I hope to come back on again. Um, oh. I'd just like to take this this uh, opportunity to stunt for my team, Finsley Park, uh, the last word in Islington rugby, uh, London Northwest Freeze, you know, get your tookers down there, play some ruggers. Uh, I've asked you many times, Biz. I know your mate Harry Williams plays for us, so... You know, it, it, we're always looking out for new talent. Yes, it's been it's been a privilege, everyone, Ryan. Um, we'll definitely get you back on to talk a bit more about the Labour leadership contest. I know it's just under I think it's, it's just about a month away until we find out who's replacing Jeremy Corbyn. Um, Roberts, any final remarks before we leave it there? Uh, no, I just wish Ryan best of luck in uh, Atlanta. I'm back in one piece. Oh, here's hoping. Yeah, no, looking forward to the South. Uh, should be good fun. Um, they've got a Delta Airlines Museum at the airport, and obviously the Coca-Cola Museum. So yeah, I think it's going to be a, a chock uh, week for me. Uh, but yeah, should be good fun. And on that note, uh, thank you all very much for listening uh, to the pod. If you've got any uh, questions, please do get in touch with us uh, via our Twitter page or email us at crashboarddiaries um, at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Good night.